Pastor. Last week, Pastor Katie launched our newest sermon series, um, Moses the Man on the Mountain. And um, in trying to do a sermon series on Moses, uh, you must understand that if we were to hit each and every highlight from the Moses story, it would be a 52-week sermon series. And I don't think anybody's interested in a 52-week sermon series. So there are times in this sermon series that we have to hit fast forward. And this is uh, one of those weeks that we're hitting fast forward. So last week we go from uh, Moses in a very early stage of life. And today we're picking up after some significant things have happened. Uh, uh, Moses has become uh, an Egyptian prince. And then he murders someone. And then he must flee. And then he uh, hooks up with his father-in-law Jethro and starts tending sheep. And that's where we pick up with the vigilante former uh, Egyptian prince Moses. Today he's tending sheep. Our reading comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I've also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people up out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, as we hear these words this morning, we pray that we can receive something that we need to receive so that we may grow closer to you, so that we may 
find ourselves on holy ground hearing you speaking in real life. And now we ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. Growing up, both of my mamas had a uh, saying that I heard quite often. Uh, they would say, curiosity killed the cat. A very young version of myself would wonder who exactly curiosity was and what did the cat do to deserve it. As I matured, I come to understand that curiosity was not a serial cat killer and no actual cats had been harmed. But the saying had meant in a roundabout way that being nosy or extra investigative or overly curious was a harmful thing for a person to do. The well-intentioned proverb intended to teach that sticking one's nose in curious ways in curious places could be detrimental to one's health. In adulthood, the saying took on a whole different meaning when Olivia's cat, Candy Cane, became a habitual roof dweller. Curiosity would oftentimes lead Candy Cane into situations where she would find herself on various roofs over the years. Once in an extreme heat wave, uh, Candy Cane found herself on the roof, unbeknownst to us, for a full day and a half. With the help of a PUMC church ladder and an extra helpful youth director, uh, she was rescued. No worries now, as after that incident, Candy Cane has become uh, reformed, and she has turned into a house kitty. In the case of Candy Cane and the heat wave, uh, curiosity almost killed the cat. It is curiosity that leads Moses to an encounter with God on Oreb, the mountain of God. It's curiosity. Moses is out and he's, he's tending the sheep of his father-in-law Jethro. He's gone from a baby in a basket to an Egyptian prince to a murderous outlaw in exile to a sheep herder. Egyptian prince to sheep herder. It's quite the fall from grace. But he's out there and he's, he's tending the sheep of his father-in-law and he catches a glimpse of a burning bush. Now I suspect burning bushes were not common in those days. Moses' curiosity peaks as a result. He says, I must turn aside and look at this bush to see why it is not consumed. Now a good sheep herder would not allow themselves to be distracted by such curiosity. An enemy, and you bet Moses had some, could perhaps trick him to seize or murder him or his sheep. Being off guard for just a moment as a herder could lead to curiosity killing the sheep and perhaps Moses for that matter. Well, apparently Moses is not that great of a sheep herder because curiosity gets the best of him. He says, I must turn aside and look. And as a result of wondering what is happening with this bush, Moses encounters God in a profound way. Scripture says that when uh, God saw that Moses had turned aside, God spoke to Moses. 
God called out from the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds, here I am. And God said, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes, for the ground that you are now on is holy ground. And God says, I am the God of your ancestors, and I've seen the plight of your people, my people, and I'm going to rescue them. Through you, God says, from the blazing bush. And at this point, Moses thinks, I should have just kept on walking. The bush is telling me that I'm going to lead all my people out of Egypt. Moses says, who am I that you would want me to do this? God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you the entire way. And thus begins the series of events that will lead the Israelite people out of captivity in Egypt and into a land flowing with milk and honey. All because God showed up in a burning bush and Moses was curious. I must turn aside. You know, maybe if, if we are lacking real encounters with God, perhaps it's because we are not curious enough. It's not because God's not showing up. God's showing up on the regular, all the time in all the places. All the ground is holy ground. I suspect that we've become so content with our certainties and our comfort that we don't take notice of the burning bushes around us. God may very well be speaking to us on a regular basis in unexpected and, and marvelous ways, and, and we don't hear a single word of it because we're not drawn into curious places. We're not drawn into curious places because doing so would mean that we must first surrender our contentment and our comfort. Curiosity involves risk. Ask the cat. You may end up on a roof. You may end up losing a sheep. You may end up having a conversation with the one who made and saves the sheep. We are not fans of risk. And as a result, we keep on walking when God is screaming for us to stop. Pay attention. Take note. It could also be the case that we miss moments with God because our curiosity has been replaced with technology. We are awful these days at, at being present in the actual world that we occupy. I'm just as guilty as the next person. Some scientists actually believe that in a few generations, 
humans are going to evolve so that we walk around like this. Because we've been spending so many years looking at devices like this. It's hard to experience the presence of God in real life if we are always escaping the presence of real life. Technology can also, in many ways, be an imagination killer. And if I have no imagination, it is hard to believe that God is speaking to me through a tree. We have facilities for people who believe that God is speaking to them through trees. And they are locked from the outside. Why do I need to walk around and listen for the voice of God in trees when I can computer generate what artificial intelligence thinks God would sound like? I don't need to go out and to take a chance in running into a burning bush. I can just pull one up and watch it on the internet. But you see, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. In the real world, on real ground where Moses was actually present. Real in presence. That's as curious as curious can be. And I don't mean to, to beat up on technology. Lord knows it does a lot of good. What I am calling to question, however, is our reliance on things that we deem artificial and our quest to live into our identity as a human people in relationship with a really present God. What I am calling us to consider is that curiosity does not always have to be a bad thing. In fact, it can be the thing that brings us closer to God than we've ever been or ever imagined. And that closest can happen in such unexpected and strange and yet beautiful ways. But for it to happen, we must first be present. We must be present as God is present. Present and curious. I mean, what would it be like if we approached each day and each moment as if it were a holy moment? What would that be like? Because, I mean, we are indeed standing on holy ground all the time. How might our, our lives be transformed if we approached all that we do with a sense of awe and wonder? I wonder what it would be like for us if the number one question we asked each day was, I wonder. In essence, that is the question that Moses asked when he turned to look at the burning bush. I wonder what this is. I wonder how this is happening. I wonder who did this. I wonder who made this. I wonder if God is speaking to me now. I wonder. I wonder. Curiosity and wonder can lead to things that are wonderful. And nothing, friends, is more wonderful than being surrounded 
by the holiness of God, real and present and now, right now. Stay curious, my friends. God is with us. Let us pray. God, keep showing up. Peak our curiosity. Help us to see, help us to hear, help us to experience you and your holiness. Not just later on, but also right now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.